0: You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live. Hello, and welcome to Washington Post Live. I'm Robin Givhan, senior critic at large for the Washington Post. And my guest today is the trailblazing ballerina, Misty Copeland. Welcome, Misty, thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. <sighs>
0: I wanted to start with uh, the beautiful book, uh, Black Ballerinas, and ask you, uh, one, why you felt like this was something that you wanted to do.
1: Wow. Um, this has been my life's work. I feel like you know, this mm-hmm. is culmination of everything that I've worked for throughout my 20-year professional career uh, at American Ballet Theater, you know, starting out. Um, At ABT, I was the only Black woman in the company for the first decade of my career. And there was a lot of, uh, you know, feelings of rejection, of that, you know, whether or not I was making the right decision to be a part of a field that was not inclusive to people who looked like me. And I couldn't open up a history book of ballet and see my reflection. And so I went on this mission. It started, you know, I say it sparked my interest when I was a teenager seeing Lauren Anderson, who was the first black ballerina at the Houston Ballet, um, seeing her on the cover of of a magazine and being stunned by her image and not really understanding what it was I was feeling. And then going into my professional career, I felt like, okay, I have to seek out these people because knowing my history allows for me to understand where I fit in and give me the confidence to know that I belong here and can succeed. So it's been 25 years of research, You know, whether that was meeting ballerinas, Black ballerinas, hearing their stories about other dancers and kind of creating uh, you know, this, this lineage, but we don't have a documentation of our history. I think most people, when they hear ballet, they don't think of a black ballerina. Well, maybe today they do with me, you know, with the the region platform I have, but that's not typically what you think of because our stories aren't told and they're not documented.
0: Well, I was really struck by, um, the fact that what you mentioned, uh, Lauren Anderson and I think if I remember correctly, in the book, you describe how she first came to your attention because she was, in fact, uh, there was documentation of her existence. You saw her on the cover of a magazine.
1: And it was it was the first, you know, there there I can't think of a lot of, you know, there, Dance Magazine has been around for a very long time, and um, you've seen Black dancers on their covers, you've, you know, but they're not classical dancers. Lauren was a rare gem to get to the level that she did and to be seen in that light. Um, but there have been so many generations of Black ballerinas before Lauren, before me, who have opened the doors for us to be here? Um, even dancers that made such a huge impact. I think of Marion Sujet from uh, Philadelphia. You know, there's such an incredible Black classical ballet history in Philadelphia. And there are t- Black teachers that maybe didn't make it to professional companies, but they were teaching black dancers that have gone on to be great dancers. Um, and those are the stories that we don't, we are not told and we don't know about, um, you know, even to be a member of American Ballet Theater now for 20 years. And I, and I was promoted, um, back in 2007. I remember that and I write about this in the book, Uh, they made such a big deal about my promotion to soloist. And I remember the LA Times, it was everywhere since that's my hometown, Misty Copeland, the first black uh, female soloist in ABT's history. And then I find out, you know, about a week later from a dancer in the company who'd been there through the 80s um, and said, actually, there was a black woman named Nora Kimball who had been a soloist before you. And it's like, how do the people writing these paper, you know, writing these articles not know that? How do I not know that? How do I not have a, a a history book of ABT with Nora's photo in it? Why isn't that a bigger deal? These are the stories that I feel it's my responsibility with my platform and my voice to tell.
0: Well, I mean, and absolutely. I mean, it seems like a lot of times those, those moments get lost, um, you know, as a footnote. And one of the things that also, and this is a bit of an aside, I was struck by the book is the decision to use illustrations, which are beautiful, uh, by uh, Selena Barnes, as opposed to photography. Was that just to create sort of a cohesive look, or was there something in particular about illustration that you thought would bring to the project?
1: I think that there's something about an artistic... Um, interpretation, especially through the lens of a Black person, Selena as a Black woman, um, the lens of a Black artist and how we see our bodies, how we see, you know, this art form, I just thought it was a beautiful touch and yes, very cohesive um, to be able to bring these illustrations together and make them what we want them to be, make them whimsical. And you know, there's a lot of limitations as well when when you think about these black ballerinas through history. A lot of them you can Google and you can't find photographs or you find very few. Uh, you know, so, so it was important that we captured them in all their essence in glory, even if it wasn't something that was readily available to us.
0: You know, you mentioned the word, uh, cohesion, and that seems to be one of the words that comes up a lot in conversations about, um, the acceptance of Black dancers into classical ballet, um, that their presence is disruptive to the um, traditional aesthetic. I mean, how do you um, sort of grapple with that part of the conversation in a field in which your body is your instrument, it's a product, it's your art, uh, when it's so central? I think the narrative has
1: changed and shifted so much over the past 400 years that ballet has existed. Um, What I cherish and value and love so much about classical ballet is the unbelievable technique that doesn't hold on to any of those biases. The technique has not changed in 400 years because it's that brilliant. And the technique is not racist. The technique does not exclude people. If you think about ballet dancers, if you think about what Degas captured, um, these dancers don't look like what we're told in this day and age a ballet dancer should look like. They were full, they had breasts, they had curves, they looked like all different shapes of women. And the body, you know, evolves the more that we know about. Uh, cross-training and health and nutrition, bodies evolve. And I think that this art form should have the freedom to evolve with time. Again, the technique is the through line that's existed for all of this time. It's not the things that we've kind of collected along the way where there's been one person in charge that somehow has uh, created what that should look like. And then another person in charge that then changes what that should look like. I even think about George Balanchine and yes, he did so many incredible things for this art form. And he created New York City Ballet. He gave Arthur Mitchell his opportunity to be the first black principal dancer at at New York City Ballet. but he created an aesthetic that we are stuck with to this day, which was this Twiggy-esque model look in the 60s um, that was a thin white woman with long straight hair. And that became the ideal, but it doesn't have to be. We should be allowed to evolve with the times and have rubber ballets reflect the community and the society that it's in.
0: Well, that makes me think of another uh, dancer who's in the book, Ebony Williams, uh, yes. who is far, far from that aesthetic. And, um, I mean, you talk a bit about uh, the power and the, and the transformative nature of, of her work. I mean, why was she important for you to, to make sure was in the, in the book?
1: Um, she's proof of everything I just talked about of what ballet can be in terms of an evolution of giving giving so many people and you know I'm so uh passionate about bringing the arts to more communities, meeting people where they are, the importance of the arts and the tools that it can give you to do more than just become a professional dancer, professional artist, but you can do so much with what you learn from being a part of this incredible discipline. And I think Ebony has been one of those people that's kind of just taken ballet, the technique, and just gone to another level with it. I think that any black dancer from my generation would say Ebony is just like the fiercest ballerina in in brown point shoes. You know, to go from um, you know uh, dancing in an incredible contemporary company to then uh, you know mixing in hip hop and contemporary and modern dance and what she's done to bring it to commercial spaces, the work she's done with Beyonce throughout a very long period of Beyonce's career. Um, is, is so incredibly impressive and it was ballet as her base that allowed her to get
0: there. Do you th- believe that she's one of the, the dancers, including yourself, of course, who's really branching out and allowing and, and opening the doors and welcoming in a much larger audience to, uh, to classical ballet and to that technique and having them understand what that means? absolutely. She's one of,
1: I mean, every single person in this book, and this is not a comprehensive book. This, these are 27 ballerinas that I selected. And and I do have those mornings when I wake up and I say, oh my God, what about this person? What about this person? But, you know, it wasn't about trying to create an, a, a, an entire, you know, thorough list of every Black dancer that's, that, that's existed, because, you know, we're still working on that. But there are so many of these dancers that have each contributed in their own way um, to opening these doors, but having their stories out there can do so much more. What Ebony has done has been incredible, but more people need to know about her contributions and her story because I think so many more will be inspired to follow in her footsteps and to follow in the footsteps of so many of these women.
0: (laughs) Many of these women were trailblazers in their own right. I mean, you are a trailblazer. I mean, what are the complexities of being a first? Um, both the the joys of that, but also the the challenges. Yeah, it's it's so layered. You know, I think
1: that it's it's a it's a responsibility that um, that I've accepted. But I think it's been, I've been able to accept it because. I know that I'm not the first, first to ever step into this field and open these doors and have the trials and tribulations. I've felt like I've been carried by all of these women my entire career, so I've not felt alone in my journey. You know, I think about the first time I performed the Firebird on the stage of the Metropolitan Opera House, the first time a black woman was doing the lead in a full-length classical ballet, and the audience was, more than half full of black and brown people. And we'd never seen that at the Met, um, but it wasn't me up there by myself. Like I felt like everyone in that audience was there for a bigger purpose, was there for what I represented and I represent all of these women. I think that that's made it easier for me to accept being the first, but of course there's a, there's a lot of weight and there's a lot of expectation when you're in this position. I think people, you know, expect for me to be perfect all the time because I'm carrying my entire race. Um, And they also, I think, assume that uh, I'm not acknowledging other dancers because I'm up here kind of isolated in this place. And that's been a part of my journey throughout my career. I wouldn't be here without the mentors that I've had. Raven Wilkinson was someone that was a part of my life personally and um, helped me get to where I am but so many of these women just have have been um, the energy at my back that's allowed me to get here.
0: I mean over I believe it was the summer I I think it was time is a blur right now I think it was this summer uh, the uh, ballet that um, you uh, introduced at Little Park in New York uh, that brought together a group of Black dancers, and and you you sort of expressed a sense of passing the torch. I mean, I don't mean to imply that there's any kind of you know stepping away from the stage for you, but I mean, why was it important to um, sort of turn the spotlight on these other dancers in that situation? Yeah,
1: it was the festival at Little Island, um, and and um, it was. I just feel like. It's my duty and my responsibility to uh, to get to this place and then prepare the next generation to be able to step into this position and go even further than I have gone, further than you know all of the dancers who helped me to get here have gone. Um, it just feels natural, like it's time. Not even that you know I'm I'm retiring or I'm stepping away from the stage, but I think you know, with this racial reckoning that we've had in the past year and a half with the murder of George Floyd, we're in a different space. And I think a lot of black and brown dancers have been afraid to express themselves because there are so few opportunities. You don't wanna rock the boat. Um, and I've been very fortunate with all of my opportunities, and I think timing and and having support and learning to navigate in this very white space at American Ballet Theatre. And now I think we're in a space where the next generation has room to express themselves and kind of take over, you know, the, the mantle where I feel like I've I've been up here representing us and 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 speaking on our behalf. And there are so many other dancers out there that. Have the passion and um, the experience and can articulate themselves. And I think it's time that, you know, that we all do this together in front of an audience. So it's not just the work that's being done behind the scenes by all of these Black dancers. It's time. That's how we continue and we grow. You mentor, you nurture, and you step away and let them fly. <laughs>
0: One of the messages that you also seem to be delivering to them was that um, the idea of not letting scarcity create competition, meaning that because it's often so challenging for Black dancers to get starring roles in classical ballet, that they have felt in competition with each other. I mean, is that along with that, what other sort of lessons have you learned that you're attempting to pass on I if that that is all you know so true
1: I I feel like we get so much further when we support one another and when we're there for one another and when we can share our experiences with one another, um, we do better in that way, you know, that it doesn't look like we can't handle ourselves or we're too emotional or uh, there's just so much that comes with being a, a Black person in the world and especially in America. So to add on this other, this other tension that doesn't need to be there, where we're competing with one another, I think is so unnecessary. Um, but I think that another thing that I've learned is that it's just it's important to be to have this kind of combination of things. Like you want to be strong, and you want to uh, have your guard up to a certain extent uh, to protect yourself, especially when you're the only. Um, but you have to also have a balance of vulnerability and transparency and openness for people to understand where you're coming from in order to have an open dialogue with people that um, don't know your experiences. Um, and so much of my journey has been is been doing that, being open and and really sharing and being honest and even speaking about my own privileges by being a light-skinned biracial woman. Um, You know, those are privileges in and of itself. And colorism is a real thing in the world and in classical ballet. And it's important for me to uplift every ballerina who has paved the way in in all shades, because the more that we see ourselves, the more uh, opportunities I think will open up and, and the more people we can inspire.
0: You know, one of the things that comes up um, is the idea that the language of ballet is often um, uh, so racially tinged um, that it may not be explicit, but it is implied in descriptions. Um, have, have you found that the language is beginning to change along with the the faces that are on stage? I, I mean, everything is so slow to change in
1: this field. Um, it's really, again, been the, the last year and a half has been the most change I've seen in my entire career. Even when it comes to the language, I've been very open about speaking about that, and um, you know, those those hidden messages behind, um, you know, using you know you're too you're too muscular um you're too uh your feet are too flat all of these things that are assumed of a black body um you know and and I've been very candid and I've said you know I'm looking at the person next to me who is white who has a much more athletic body with bigger breasts um and her body's accepted. So to me, um, there's a miscommunication. You're not talking about, um, you know, the the aesthetic, really, of my of my build, but the color of my skin. And I think the more that you call people out, the more that you really bring these things to attention, um, the easier it is for us to move on and evolve. But I have noticed, you know, even when it comes to uh, the titles, and I know that at American Ballet Theatre, at least they have changed. Um, The way that we address the artistic staff, Uh, ballet master, has been a part of our language and ballet for so many generations. And something as simple as. What do you
0: mean by that? The
1: the way you address
0: ballet master?
1: That term, ballet master, to be able to think that, you know, they. I think that dancers in general are just always kind of looked down upon by the person at the front of the room. We're forever students. We're forever children, Um, especially, I think, as a Black person. You're just never seen as um, mature enough. You're never seen as intelligent enough. And to be able to, to, to be looking at the person in front and having to call them master, there's just so many so much layering and things that you need to dig into that, you know, there are just so many little symbols in there that I think have not allowed Black people to feel that they should be a part of this art form, you know, even up to the color of the point shoes and the color of the tights, which is called European pink. I mean, if that doesn't say it, that you do not belong, then I don't know what will (laughs) in the most, you know,
0: subliminal way. And what do dancers now call the head of the ballet?
1: You know, they, they're they teaching artists, they're coaches, they're trainers. Um, but, you know, I think that a lot of this kind of old fashioned language needs to change and, and evolve. And again, all of these things that are outside of the base of the technique are clearly things that, uh, you know, can change. They've evolved throughout time. So why not continue to let them evolve?
0: Well, as we begin to run out of time, uh, I think my last question uh, that I can squeeze in is just your thoughts about um, the the place the 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 uh, state of dance now as we are slowly coming out of the pandemic. Um, you know, are are there dancers out there who um, are looking uh, for their troupe, and will they be able to find one? Will they be employed?
1: I have never been more hopeful than I am now for the future of dance and the future of ballet and in particular, you know, to have this moment to step back, you know, during the pandemic, to step back and really take the time to reassess where we're at and where we should be going. Ballet world has never had that opportunity or never taken that opportunity uh, to have real conversations, real dialogues. Um, You know, I, I, Think about, you know, I just watched Calvin Royale uh, make his debut um, as the prince in in Giselle um, as a black man. And the whole time I was just thinking Arthur Mitchell would be so proud to see this black man, a principal dancer on the stage at American Ballet Theater. The opportunities are opening up. I think a lot of these ballet companies, um, there's a spotlight on them and people are really paying attention. And the conversation has been opened in a way that I always hoped it could be, but never dreamed it would be in this way. We have so much more work to do and it's not just about black and brown people being responsible. I think it's everyone's responsibility to to be our allies and to continue the conversation and the work.
0: Well, on that note, we are going to have to uh, call it. um, Thank you so much for being with us today, Misty Copeland.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's really
0: a joy. Thanks for listening. For more information on our upcoming programs, go to WashingtonPostLive.com.